Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 13. We have a really fantastic episode planned for you guys today with Tiana Vanderhei, soon to be Tiana Vanderhei Goldberg. And But before we get into that, I want to just make two really quick announcements. Number one, this Friday. Um, Sam Provenzano from episodes eight and nine, if you haven't listened to them, head on back and listen to his tips on securing big donor gifts and getting seen on LinkedIn during your job hunt. Um, He is fantastic. He and I are hosting a virtual networking event for all nonprofit people this Friday, September 25th at 12 p.m. Central Time. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, It's going to be a really fantastic just virtual networking. It's going to be very structured, um, a really great way that everyone will have an opportunity to speak and share a little bit about themselves and connect with other people in the industry that will really be able to help you and you can really help them. The tickets are available on Eventbrite. You can go to uh, my Instagram bio at Susan Foch or at the Make an Impact podcast. Um, You can also look it up on Facebook. We have an event for it. It's on LinkedIn. Uh, If you can't find it, DM me, email me, and I will get you the link. You guys will not want to miss this virtual networking event, okay? Number two is, and I know I say it at the end and I say it every single week, but please, oh please, oh please, rate, review, subscribe. You're probably annoyed with me asking that. I know it's like super annoying for podcasters to ask, but it is so stinking important. This is how like people find out about us, how the podcast grows, how all these things. So rate, review, subscribe, share it on social, do all the things. Please love it. But if you can leave a rating and review, that would be the single most helpful thing to me um, in helping to keep producing this free content for you guys. So those are my, my two quick announcements. So let's dive on in and meet today's guest. Tiana Vanderhei sat down with me at the mic to talk about all things branding, cause marketing, and social media strategies, specifically when it comes to your nonprofit, your social impact initiative, or starting your new social enterprise. She dropped a lot of wisdom nuggets and really great pieces of advice when you're starting out and building a strategy for identifying and branding your organization and your mission. You guys are going to love Love this episode. Now, you might have seen Tia when she used to be a local news anchor in Wisconsin, or you might probably remember her from when she was crowned Miss Wisconsin 2018, went on to be in the top 15 at Miss America 2019, and also was the first ever recipient of the Onstage Question Preliminary Award. And also just one of my favorite people. (laughs) Um, I've loved and looked up to Tia for such a long time, and if you look at any of her social media feeds, you know that she does incredible work. So you guys are really in good hands learning about all things cause marketing, thanks to Tia. 
Tia, can you please introduce yourself and share a little bit more about your background and how you got to be where you are today and basically how you became our resident expert in all things uh, branding and cause marketing and social media. Hi everyone, my name's Tia. I currently live in Wisconsin Rapids. I was born and raised in central Wisconsin and I hold a degree in communication studies and sports broadcasting. Following college, I worked for a couple of years as a news reporter and anchor, which I loved, but I decided that the schedule and the pay just weren't for me. And I wanted a little more freedom. So I transitioned into advertising sales. I'm not at all shy, loved that. But fortunately, unfortunately, eight months later, I won the job of Miss Wisconsin. So I had to step back from that position and I got to travel the state. I traveled more than 30,000 miles, making appearances, volunteering, and advocating for soft skills and career readiness. And I currently work as a marketing communication specialist for a specialty media company. And I do all of our social media, our internal, external communications, and I do video work now. I'm starting to do that freelance. And I also run my own podcast centered on women's empowerment called The Grit Behind the Glitz. So that's a little bit about me, where I've been, and where I'm at now. I love it. And it's also a fantastic podcast. If you guys are looking for something that has a similar inspo vibe, you need to go check out Grip Behind and Glitz. So I wanted to talk to you today because you have always been kind of a foremost like branding and social media um, expert in our realm, but you also, as Miss Wisconsin 2018, you did a lot of fundraising and cause marketing. You got a lot of donors and sponsors. Um, so that's really what I want to talk to you about today. So for starters, I want to ask you if you were on a nonprofit board, like a brand new one, a, a whole new startup nonprofit, and you were helping the organization map out their branding and social media strategy from the very beginning, where would you start? So I always tell people, if you're looking at your own brand or an organization's brand, you have to know who you are at the core, like your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's really difficult for us sometimes to take a step back and think about who are we at the very foundation. And I encourage people to write this out. I tell pageant girls, I tell business owners, I tell individuals that I'm doing branding sessions with all the time, literally take a white poster board and start jotting things down. The spider web of ideas I think works the best. So you literally put your name or your nonprofit or your company in the middle. And from there you branch out, you do these circles of what are these big components of our nonprofit for you, it might be veterans. Okay, from there, what do you branch out to the people where they're located from care packages, you're drawing out and circling everything that's included predominantly in those care packages. And you keep going and going and spiraling out until you have this poster board that's jam packed with ideas. And when you take a step back, you can look at all those and understand the feelings you want to portray, the overall mission, your end goal, what the day-to-day -day goals are, and what that overarching picture looks like. And from there, you take a step back, you boil down, and you can decipher all those details. It's not an easy process, and sometimes it helps to bounce ideas off of other people. Like, if I were to ask you, well, for my personal brand, Susan, what would you say my demeanor is? What would my aura be? What colors would you associate with me and my energy? Because a lot of times people don't think about that, but all of that plays into your brand and keeping it consistent. Oh, I love that. So what are, okay, so like, let's say someone did that, did the whiteboard activity, they have everything kind of mapped out. So, uh, you know, they've got colors, they've got um, certain keywords they want to use, all these things. So now how do they take those like little keys 
um, and start building a strategy for like six months to a year? Well, the branding, the colors, the energy, the visuals are all fun, but you can't get those unless you know the message. So the baseline is what is the message you want to portray? What is the problem you're trying to solve or the question you're trying to answer? What are you bringing to the table that makes you unique? What are those skills you have that you want to then share with others? And once you have that figured out, then you can divide up those other categories. As far as batch work, which I know you and I love, there are so many useful tools and apps and websites that you can use. Work smarter, not harder. I love Canva. Once you decipher those colors, say for your podcast, you have that teal turquoise blue and that's become your staple. It's really pretty and different. For me, I use three different shades of like a blush pink and I try to stay within that vicinity. It's bright, it's feminine, it's modern um, and it fits with my overall message of my podcast. So deciphering what those colors are and staying consistent. Honestly, freaking pet peeve is when people have a company or a brand or a nonprofit and their graphics are consistently changing. Like if I see something and I can't distinguish that that's yours, you're not doing something right. I'm going to call you off on it because there are so many tools in today's society with technology that you can use for yourself when you're working out that grind. You don't even have to hire someone out that you can do that yourself and pre-plan. I also really like to use Planoly. You can schedule and lay out Instagram posts. That is one of my favorite apps because I can see the visual of how pictures will line up if I don't want two graphics by each other or the flow of colors of one imagery to the next. So that is a great tool. So is the Facebook planner app where you can schedule posts on there and loop everything in. Mm -hmm. Oh, we love planning and posting. I So to back up on one of the things Tia said, she and I are both really big fans of batch work. We love batch work because so, and to explain that, it's doing one thing and doing it really well, but doing like a few weeks worth or a few posts worth of that thing. Because then once you start one, like you get into that genius spot, you get into that genius zone. So you can knock out a bunch of them and you can go as far to knock out like six months worth of, uh, you know, like if you are talking about, for example, for this podcast, like your sponsors, like great, you know, like just do all those in one big sitting. And then as you go for the next six months, they're just at the ready. You're not trying to stop and do them constantly. So I love that. I also once, like I think a year ago, saw you doing like the Planoly one. And I was like, I'm obsessed with watching how things were kind of like lining up. And I think it's really smart. I feel like I was probably at your apartment, like laying in bed. You were? <laughs> Just looking at that visual. And I will say I've used plan before, which is P-L-A-N-N. And I love Planoly more because on plan, while I could schedule out content and see it, I had to manually go in there and publish it. And I don't got time for that. Nobody got time for that, especially when you're trying to start up a nonprofit or build your brand. Mm -hmm. On Planoly, you can hit schedule and it will publish at the time you scheduled it to publish. So you don't have to go back and worry about it. Oh, we love it. Um, so... Speaking of, so social media branding, are is there a big difference between mapping out your branding strategy and your social media strategy? Yes and no. They are different. It's hard to draw that line because they blur together more and more. But I would say keeping those colors consistent and making sure that if you are incorporating graphics, that that or that overall energy is the same. And what I mean by that is I've seen women who 
I see them as a bright light and a bubbly personality and their social media is dark and dingy, whether they have a preset or it's just really dark colors. And in me, it's disconnected. I'm not feeling that same presence that I know, knowing that person personally. So really trying to convey that and be yourself, be vulnerable, be open. Like, especially now we all struggle with things. Don't paint this perfect picture. Yes, we have fun, great moments, but it's so refreshing, especially now just to hear when people are going through tough times and they can be open about it because guess what? Chances are people can relate. Um, I felt like I just went on a rabbit hole there. So as far as social media strategy and branding, that branding is almost the umbrella of encompassing who you are as a nonprofit or a company. Social media falls underneath that, but it should be consistent with your brand. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I think, so kind of moving a little off of the nonprofit and into and this is so complicated, but I think this is like a new thing that we're seeing uh, with people like Jenna Kutcher, Jess Ekstrom, Rachel Hollis, Amy Porterfield. Their companies are the same thing as like their name. It's like Jenna Kutcher Inc. or Incorporate, whatever her, how she files that. So how do you weirdly distinguish the fact that you have a personal brand that you're going through, but your personal brand is now also your business and it's your business name. Like people are employed at like Jenna Kutcher Inc. I keep saying Inc. I don't know if it is. If it's like an LLC. <laughs> you get what I'm sure. like It's weird because yeah. you've got to do both. You've got to be this person and also run this brand under the exact same thing. So how do people, how can you advise someone to navigate that? Well, it's 2020 and we can be women of multiple hats and we can do what we want, right? I always used to say in pageantry that I could wear a baseball cap and jeans. I have jeans on a day, ponytail, or I can rock an evening gown and get up and speak in front of hundreds of people. Like we can do it all. Breaking that down is difficult. And if you want to be the entity of the Jenna Kutcher status, where that is your name, that is your company, that is your brand, you do have a lot of sacrifice in that. And you know that going into it. I mean, she has spoken freely about the fact that she's given up posting candid cell phone images on her Instagram. Everything is curated. She likes the way it looks from a high DSLR camera. So any images she posts are from that. She's very, very open and honest on her Instagram stories, but those are still pretty planned out. And she works in batch work because she has a child. Props to her. I envy that level of planning and I hope I can get to it someday. But you know, if you were trying to cultivate Susan Foch consulting and you wanted that to be it, and that was your name and you tie that in. And I just think you almost have this level of role model, this elite level of living up to these expectations. And if you feel like you can fully devote yourself, go for it. Mm -hmm. I think you and I are in a unique situation where we have a background in the Miss America organization because we lived that for years. You know, you're conscious about your actions, your decisions, putting yourself out there. Throughout college, I was very hypersensitive to any social media posts with alcohol. I spent time studying. I didn't always go to parties and go out because I made those conscious sacrifices for the goals I wanted to achieve. So if you are branding your name for something, know that things you do, even if it's the smallest action or you're having a bad day and you get disgruntled with someone that could be negatively taken and portrayed against your brand. So Mm -hmm. be very conscientious of everything you do, everything you say and how you act around people. It's your money on the line, right? I mean, people, bad news travels quicker than good news, unfortunately, but it's the truth. 
Right. Well, and I remember obviously, so any, for anyone listening, who's not kind of in that pageant Miss America sphere, I was always very hyper aware of that in college as well, but there were also other times and I'll never forget this. This was like my third or fourth year in college. And I was sitting in a business class and, you know, you have to do that like intro, like say your name and a fun fact. And everyone just wants to like stab themselves with a pencil to get started. And someone turned around and looked at me and I was like, crabby that day I don't even remember why just was kind of like like I was like why are we doing this like for the 70th time and this guy from across the room looked at me and he was like hey he's like you're the nonprofit girl right and I was like yep (laughs) I guess I can't be grumpy anymore because you know I had no idea who this guy was but the fact like even some of that will start happening and like you never know where a donor is where someone who can book you to speak at an event where anything is. And it's kind of weird because I feel like a long time ago, I kind of made up my mind, like you can't really have a bad day in public because you don't know who's like around. And that's a weird thing to say and to feel. On the one hand, you're never kind of an asshole to like anyone in public, which is great. You got to put that facade on and go forth. Yeah. Pull up your big girl pants and then come home and have a glass of Cabernet and decompress. Exactly. Like in the privacy of your own home. So you touched on one of them, but what is your biggest pet peeve that you see causes businesses or individuals doing on social media uh, when they're trying to brand themselves? Because you said one was inconsistency. So what are are some other pet peeves you have? Like Like how are people doing it wrong? I think I've taken for granted how well-versed I am on social media. And I've learned this more and more in my position the last year as a marketing communication specialist is in college, I literally have LinkedIn classes. Like we have been taught and brought up in the social media era where a lot of people who are older than us haven't. And obviously that's only increasing as generations that have come after us are really being brought up in it. But not filling out your profile to an extent that it needs to be filled is like the minor thing that irks me the biggest. And it's just common sense to me. You fill out every aspect, you ensure that you proofread it, that you proofread everything, proofread your comments. And you are the ultimate queen at that because there are times that I post graphics and you know, you're on the go and maybe you can't pre-plan and I'll have a typo and Susan catches it because she's always on Instagram (laughs) on top of her game. I swear when I was Mrs. Johnson, like the first person to like it was Susan and then operation not alone. And it was like, I would see the likes pop in, which was fabulous. We all make mistakes. That's all right. But proofread, proofread, proofread. If you're looking specifically at Instagram, because let's face it, for the bulk of companies and brands, especially if you're in a nonprofit sector or a marketing, um, more type of prominent media company that you're starting, you want to ensure that your bio is filled out, that it's professional, that it explains who you are, but it captures people's attention. So you might have you know, you have the let's talk, let's talk about something, let's let's connect, I want to hear from you. You're captivating them in a really laid back fashion. You have a nice profile picture that's not a selfie you took in junior high. Trust me, I've seen it. I'm not just throwing that out there. And then for content, nothing bothers me more. I guess I have a lot of pet peeves than when people post low quality imagery because it's mm-hmm. so easy to get good pictures. Even if it's just with your cell phone, keep that consistency up. And if you want to be elite, then buy yourself a camera or ask a friend who has a camera to get started. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny you said that because I just came across, and I'm not going to say who because I'm not trying to throw 
people under the bus, but I just came across an, uh, like an association Instagram page. It has a lot of followers, like 5,000 followers and all of the images, like nothing matches, nothing's cohesive, but everything is pixelated. Like they got it off of Google and then it went like through a copy and paste four times. And it's not even easy to read. And I'm like, what? This is so easy to fix that. And I think, and this is again, uh, <laughs> If you can't tell, T and I bond a lot over our love for Jenna Kutcher. One of her big things is like, show your face, like show people who you are. Like, I mean, don't, you know, I think make the whole thing like an I love you fest. Everywhere, don't do that. Right. But when you go in and it's just like strictly all of these weird like infographics and I can't find the single person who like runs the page or who we're talking about. I'm like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, if it's I don't want to connect with them. I don't want to yeah. see quotes or statistics all the time. I want to see the face behind the brand or the faces behind the brand. And that will help me connect to the organization. You mm-hmm. also made me think of something else. And now I'm blanking. Oh, <laughs> If you are an organization or a company, and I know someone who has a product and their page, they post personal stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it hurts my head. If you are a nonprofit, a company, or you are selling a product and you're trying to build that brand, utilize that account for that. Do mm-hmm. not post what your girl trip weekend was all about. I want to see that, but then create a personal Instagram. There should be a divide there because your girl's weekend in Napa or up North is not your brand. It's not the product you're selling. Oh, can you also quickly talk about, cause this is a pet peeve of mine that I've only recently discovered. Different social media channels have different voices for your brand across the board too. Like you should not be posting the same thing on LinkedIn that you would post on like Twitter. That just doesn't make sense. Yes. So LinkedIn is a professional level of connecting and networking with people in the industry and people who aren't necessarily in your niche industry. So you can expand your reach and you need to realize that that laid back video, you might post your Instagram story or your Instagram TV, or now your reels like behind the scenes. This is who I am, which I'm obsessing over. Mind you, I refuse to download TikTok. I never had it. And that is due to personal reasons. And a lot of the reasons TikTok started just to confiscate information. I'm not going to go into that rabbit hole and create a divide with people. I promise. Um, If you like TikTok, more power to you, but I've been incorporating reels. So that fun, loving laid back behind the scenes is not a video you would post on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I honestly probably wouldn't post it on Facebook either. I tend to do a lot of graphics and informative pictures. People like the visual for Facebook, but LinkedIn is more hard hitting facts. Like what are you bringing to the table for operation? Not alone. What are the care packages you're sending out? How many have you, how can I donate? Like let's connect. Why does this provide value to your life? Why should I donate or help you in your efforts to impact veterans and military members? So segmenting that and knowing that I think LinkedIn is very top of the level professional, keep it composed. Whereas you can let loose a little bit more on Facebook. And I feel like Twitter and Instagram are a free for all. And I love how you've been trying to create humor in your Twitter. So great. It's so new. <laughs> it's so fun. And fun fact, I will tell you that as far as the algorithm goes and gaining traction on your Instagram, I don't know why, but screenshotting tweets that you tweet and putting those over an overlay of an image in Canva and posting them to Instagram, amazing traction. So taking almost a screenshot picture of your tweet and then putting it into a graphic via Canva or whatever graphic app you use, 
posting that on Instagram, huge carousels on Instagram too, where you have multiple images or quotes also are great for traction. People spend more time on them. They have to scroll. They're looking at them. They're increasingly engaging more and more with your content when you have that bulk. Mm, I love that. Um, Mm-hmm. No, I just, yeah. And the funny part too, I think, cause we all get really hooked in, in the Instagram thing. And I think right now a big thing for Instagram, especially in the pandemic, but this started before was the whole like, Oh, you know, social media isn't just a highlight reel. Let's share the, you know, some of the downs and like be vulnerable, but it's like, but when people start putting that on like LinkedIn, I'm like, no, this really is just like highlights of your professional <laughs> career. <laughs> it's like, you know, but it's like, but also don't be, you know, like I've never seen like a wedding picture on LinkedIn unless it was somehow a part of your business. You know what I mean? Cause like, it just wouldn't make sense. And I right. think it's funny because the posts that I've done on LinkedIn that have done the best have been highlight reels. They've been the announcements of the new things coming. Like no one wants to hear me go, you guys, I'm working on something really fun. And you'll hear about it in like a month. Like LinkedIn doesn't yeah. care. Like maybe yeah. your Instagram people do, LinkedIn doesn't. They're like, show me the finished product and let's keep moving. <laughs> exactly. Well, and funny you should bring that up because un- aside from everything else I've been up to and just COVID and kind of laying low, I did get engaged in July. So that's been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We are doing our wedding New Year's Eve of next year, mm-hmm. the last day in 2021. So fingers crossed, I have sympathy and prayers to any COVID bride right now, but I've got some time. But I had this moment where I'm like, oh, I love some of these pre-engagement pictures my best friend took. I want to post it to LinkedIn. And I was like, oh, that's not appropriate. Not that it's not appropriate. I feel that way. It's just not content that you post on LinkedIn. Right. And I thought about incorporating that into organizational communication and needing your partner in different facets of life. And I was like, no, Tia, it's fine. I'll just be all fun and show all the behind the scenes of my engagement on my Instagram, because that's what it's for. So deciphering your personal life from your professional life. Mm -hmm, For sure. Running a business, working your nonprofit, or just simply making an impact takes a lot of energy, which means you need the drink of champions coffee. Specifically, you need Door County Coffee, a gourmet coffee roastery on a mission to bring you the best coffee on the planet. And that isn't hard when they only roast the top 2% of Arabica beans grown in the entire world. Try any of their medium or dark roasts, like my personal favorite, the Heroes Blend. Or you can try one of their almost 100 delicious flavors like Highlander Grog, Frosted Cinnamon Buns, or Vanilla Creme Brulee. They ship all across the country, so try your first pot today by going to DoorCountyCoffee.com and using the code IMPACT for 15% off your order. That's I-M-P-A-C-T for 15% off at DoorCountyCoffee.com. And get caffeinated today. So kind of switching gears a little bit, I want to go back and talk to you uh, in your Miss Wisconsin days because you, I felt like I was so in your here <laughs> as Miss Wisconsin, um, like probably a little too much. And you brought on so many new sponsors. You really helped like our state organization grow. You brought on a lot of new partners and I thought that they were fantastic. Obviously my favorite was like quick trip, <laughs> but you did so many things. 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about like, what was your key that you found to getting people on board with that? Especially because in the last couple of years, like the Miss America organization has been getting a lot of flack, you know, like they've been under a lot of scrutiny and you were able to grow this state organization. So I want to dive into that, like how you still got people to buy in. I would say the heels on the ground aspect, because women pageantry, we tend to wear heels, but the boots on the ground mindset is that we're here. Once people meet us and they see that we're normal people, that perception completely shifts. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing that people take for granted and their perception skewed about is the fear of no, the fear of asking to begin with. Honestly, the worst thing that can happen is someone can say no. But if you don't ask, you'll never know. And I just had that mentality of, I have watched this organization now for eight years. I've competed for six years. And there were so many things that I was like, not necessarily that they're doing wrong, but that they could progress with into 2020. And furthermore, there were so many things that needed updating. Right before I was crowned, they lost their gas sponsor. Mm -hmm. And I luckily had a contact at Quick Trip, which is the holy grail of gas stations in the Midwest. If you aren't familiar with it, I'm so sorry you're deprived of it in your life because it's amazing. It's amazing. But they're headquartered in La Crosse, which is where I went to college. And the it was during Miss Wisconsin week, and it might have even been the night before finals. And I just said, hey, I texted the gentleman I know who works in marketing for them and said, Miss Wisconsin lost their gas sponsor. I don't care if it is me or another woman that is crowned tomorrow. I want to help them foster this relationship. They need gas. You cannot travel throughout the state for the year and pay for gas. It's not a very profitable year. Mm -hmm. You struggle, you come out negative, but it's worth it in the long run. I promise the impact is worth it. As all of you know, as a nonprofit, mm -hmm. the impact is worth any time, energy, blood, sweat, tears, money, all of it that you put into your endeavors. So I set up a meeting. Obviously, I won. I FaceTimed him that night after my crowning because he's kind of like a father figure to me and was like, check this out. Okay, now we need to get to business. <laughs> that when can we have lunch? And the next week, I went to lacrosse and met with him and his boss. And within a couple of weeks, you know, I just explained the basis of the organization, why women within Miss America do what they do, the impact we're trying to make and our advocacy work. And from sharing my heart and just being very vulnerable with them, they were on board 100%. Mm -hmm. With other sponsors I created, I typed up a letter that I could tweak for different companies or products, and I sent it to them. I emailed them initially, and then I did a drop-in. People love to see people. We love to connect with people, and so many people do not make that in-person connection in today's society. It's really sad. And I love to talk. So I just stopped in the places. The biggest one was Apricot Lane Boutique, mm -hmm. which has three branches in Wisconsin. They're adorable. You can shop them on their website as well. And I just walked in and left the letter. Their boss wasn't there, the owner. And not even an hour later, she called me. So don't underestimate the power of asking and the power of connecting with someone in person. Mm -hmm. Also, because it's so easy to like delete an email or just like write back no, but like when you're face to face with someone for this ask, it is so much harder for them to say no to you. So, so much harder. Yes. Yeah. People well, are bound to say yes to you in person because they feel yeah. not necessarily that, well, they do feel some level of guilt, but they want to connect with you and they want to help you out. It's like when you're kids and you're selling like deca cards or t-shirts for a sport and you ask someone in person, how do you say no to that? You can't. Right. 
that's why like when the girl scouts got like ruthless and they like set up in front of like the grocery store so oh. they're like face to face with you and you're like oh you're like i feel so bad like <laughs> like looking at this eight-year-old girl and saying no right um, that was after church all fall when they were set up or all spring i think i feel like they're around year round now but anyways yeah. we would be walking in to pick and save after church would you like to buy Girl Scout cookies? And my head's like, no, you've been working out all week. But my mouth's like, absolutely, I will on the way out. I'll be right back. Like, how do you say no? <laughs> exactly. You can't look at their like their faces and be like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's great. And the other thing I want to mention that you said too, um, you know, we lost our, okay, Miss Wisconsin lost our gas sponsor. And so like the wheels in your head were immediately turning to be a little bit more creative that you knew, obviously the world in the Midwest loves quick trip. How do you not live quick trip? Um, but then you were like, oh, which is headquartered in La Crosse. I went to college there. Like you start kind of backtracking into it. I think a lot of times our even initial reaction is no. And you're like, well, I don't know anyone. I don't know. a I don't know a millionaire that will just like hand me this money. But if you start actually sitting down thinking about it, you're like, oh, wait, I do know this person. Or at least you can leverage a piece of information. Like even if you didn't know the guy at Quick Trip, you could have at least been like, hey, like let's bond over the fact that we both love lacrosse and we both have been here and start from there. I think we count ourselves out before we even figure out the connections that we have. So I love that you pointed that out. Well, and my mentality based in faith is given you shall receive. So if I can help someone else in some capacity, you know, the thought process is and the prayer is that that's going to come back to me twofold. I had a friend I was helping brand her pageant platform initiative the other day, and she was looking for an organization and just resources. And I knew that a connection I had again in lacrosse from my time there had a connection and I emailed them and you never know. Again, mm -hmm. she didn't end up, it was a different organization. There's two different types, but I didn't know that unless I asked. And now I know when I tried my best, but you just mm -hmm. keep brainstorming and thinking back to those opportunities. And that goes back to keeping a positive mindset and not ruining relationships with people because you never know how they're going to help you unless someone's really wretched. And then I'm all for cutting ties with them because you don't need that in your life. Very Been there, done that. Very true. Well, and the other thing too, I think don't be afraid if you know that someone else has a really good in and it's like the two degrees of separation or whatever, like don't be afraid to have them to ask them to intro you. Cause again, the last thing they can say or the worst thing they can say is no. And my other thing to that is like, people are so afraid of no, but I'm like, what? You're not going to get pelted with rotten tomatoes <laughs> when they say no. Like you're just, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? And usually people are nice with their no's. They're like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I like what you're doing. I just can't do it. They're really nice about it. Like no one's going to smash you with like rotten vegetables <laughs> and be well, like, get out and never come back. You are raving about my sponsorships and whatnot, but you helped me a lot in that. We talked through cultivating different things and promotion and branding in nonprofit side of asking for sponsors and donations and how I could do that from an organization standpoint. So don't discount the power of the people and the empowerment of sisterhood and the women around you. Like we should not be discouraged. Oh, she's doing this and I really like it, but I don't know how to make it my own. Go for it. Ask her. If you're inspired by someone, send them a DM, reach out to them and inquire. Chances are they're not going to say, well, you can't do this because I'm kind of doing it. Like, no, we're lifting one another up because we're all different and unique. And there's so much room via social media, via the world to grow and to share our message that it's very different. So don't worry. I think we get imposter syndrome and we're so worried about that. And we just got to do it. 
do our own thing and be confident in our endeavors. Yeah, a lot. I just had that the other day with a title holder who had reached out to me months ago about a Girl Scout patch and so had a different local title holder, both in Wisconsin. And then she texted me and she was like, well, that girl just, she's like, I'm almost done with mine, but that girl just announced hers. And I don't want it to look like I'm copying her, even though like I started this month ago. And I was like, oh, who cares? It was like, you have very different messages. Like, why can't you both have one? I, I, and the only thing I said to her that I think kind of went through was like, if we always thought that, then only one person would visit a classroom. One person would sing the national anthem. Like, all of you can do that. And no one's going to be like, wow, I can't believe she also sang the national anthem at this like baseball game. <laughs> like, We don't say that for anything else. So it's like, why would we? Um, you make a good point. Cause in that capacity, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Like you do you boo blinders up, do what you want to do the best of your ability, put 110% of your effort into it and focus on you. If you're consistently being the best version of yourself, what is meant to be will happen, whether that is getting a job or expanding a nonprofit or winning a title, like those things will come into full focus. But if you're consistently worried about what other nonprofits or people are doing, you're never going to succeed. You mm-hmm. have to focus on yourself. Yeah. And I think it's so easy for us to discount ourselves too. Like I was reading Operation Alone has been around for seven, almost eight years. And I was reading a book recently that was a founding story of another very popular nonprofit. And he was talking about like their first fundraiser before they even had their 501c3 status was like $15,000. And this was back in like 2003. And I immediately sat there and I was like, okay, well I suck. I was like, no fundraiser I've ever done has had that. And then I had to walk myself back and I was like, okay, well, you know what? I was like, (laughs) maybe I've never pulled that in at like a nightclub in New York city, but we still have done other things this way. So it's, it's so easy for us to get caught up in that. Like, well, she did it. So I can't do this. Like nonsense. I've been there. I've done that. And you can't, I mean, I've started to get into branding consulting, like you're doing nonprofit consulting and it's super fun. You realize you have these talents, but I had the mentality of who's going to want to book me. Who's going to want to pay me to Mm -hmm. tell them and help them develop their brand and tell them how to do social media. Like this is ridiculous to you. No one's going to pay you money and they are, and they do care. And there's value in that. And if you first and foremost, do not believe in yourself, other people are not going to believe in those skills and talents that you have. Like you just have to have that confidence. Absolutely. Well, that even goes back. If people want to head back to episode five with Kylie Hodges, that was her whole thing was branding yourself that people are so afraid of sales and afraid of selling themselves. And she, and basically it's like, why? Because at the end of the day, like you do have something unique to bring to the table. And as long as you're providing value to someone else, it's not selling and it's not gimmicky if you're providing real value to someone. So I love that you said that. Um, Do you have any last tips or tricks or hacks on branding, social media, or cause marketing? So for social media, I kind of touched on this, but as far as imagery, like I said, you can use your cell phone. There are hacks to good lighting and quality images. If you have an iPhone or an Android for that matter, highly recommend natural lighting. So whether you are outside or you're facing a window, you're going to get the best crisp lighting. If you're outside, be aware of like midday because the sun can get kind of hot and I don't necessarily mean temperature. I mean that it's really bright and it's a little too warm for imagery. Shadows, um, trees or overcast days are great. 
and making sure that those photos are lining up, that your imagery is consistent. I love to use a preset. You do not have to use presets. I will say that over and over again, because sometimes I feel like people need to use presets. It does help to keep a consistent look, but I would say focus on brightening up your photos a little bit, upping the contrast. If you have an iPhone, you can literally tap the magic wand at the top and it will boost the contrast and the brightness of your picture. Um, as, far as, as far as cause marketing goes, don't be afraid to pay a little for social media marketing and do that in a series. If you're rolling out a campaign or you're promoting an event or a fundraiser, there are so many tactics you can use for less than spending money on like actual advertising, especially when you're starting off and you don't have the money to spend on advertising. There's just paying for a promotion on Instagram or Facebook or reaching out to people, like I said, graphics or carousels of images do perform higher. I also recommend promoting a live video and talking about the event or doing a countdown to an announcement just to spark interest with people. So for cause marketing, whether that's a fundraiser, an event, or promoting your nonprofit, really get creative in how you're promoting that campaign. And don't be afraid to drag it out and entice people with what's to come because that's going to up your engagement as well. I love that. We actually just for Operation Alone started doing our first like paid sponsored boosted whatever post on Instagram. And we did it last year for cheer packages because we wanted to fill up our calendar, you know, how obsessed or not calendar, our map, you know, how obsessed I am with our impact map. Uh, And within it was shocking. I think on that we normally get between like 30 to 50 likes a post on the ONA page. And that one had like 500. I was like, Thank you. <laughs> but it actually brought in a lot of uh, forms on our website for those cheer packages. So it was so effective, but we spent like $5 a day on it. It was great. Right. Yeah. Fairly inexpensive in comparison to a lot of other advertising mediums that you would choose and mm-hmm. it worked. And you can target your demographics. So if there's a certain age limit or if you hear my dog whining right now, <laughs> I feel like it's totally going to pick this up. And he is leaning up against my office door whining because he wants to play. Um, but you can target the specific demographic that you need to target. So it's fabulous. Highly recommend. Absolutely. I love it. So we love <laughs> wrapping up every interview here by asking you how you strive to make an impact in your everyday life. Mm, I love that. I... <laughs> so the biggest thing for me was channeling the advocacy work that I did in pageantry and in my real life and taking a step back and realizing how do I just be me after 10 years in this organization like that's a really hard thing to cope with and I have really devoted that time and energy into one volunteering I took over our local program here in my hometown as the director alongside my sister and I also have my podcast so with that I'm able to connect with women in the marketing sphere and the pageant sphere. Holy shillelagh. I'll quote Savvy Shields right now. He is scratching at the door. Women in the pageant sphere in business settings and connect with them to share their struggles, their moments of tribulation, their trials and their triumphs in hopes of empowering others. And through that platform, I'm also able to share my advocacy work through soft skill sets and career building and development, those things that I've learned, those intangible skills that everyone needs, it gives me a different platform to share that. So I would say on a regular basis, finding me on Instagram and sharing those messaging through there. My podcast has been a great platform and escape for me to share a lot of those advocacy points and that struggles, the mentality, 
the skills that I had been doing as a title holder. And I think it's hard to grasp in any concept when life changes, like letting go of one chapter and how do you bring in these elements that you love into a new phase of your life. And that has been a saving grace for me. So check it out if you're interested. But I appreciate you having me on. I love, well, I love Susan Roche. I'm like a number one fan groupie, but I also love (laughs) just bringing all your knowledge of nonprofit work into this podcast is so beneficial and needed in the sphere of nonprofit, social media, and the grand scheme of planning and building a company. So, oh my God. Well, thank you so much. So very last bit, uh, where can people find you, connect with you, get branding consulting from you? So you can follow me at Tiana Vanderhei on Instagram. It's T-I-A-N-N-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-H-E-I. That's my personal account. And feel free to DM me if you're interested in branding consultation and brainstorming sessions. And you can also follow along with Grit Behind the Glitz on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to the Make an Impact podcast on Apple, Spotify, Chrome, book, Chrome, whatever, all of those Chromebox. I don't know. All of those platforms. Check it out. <laughs> all the fun things. And I'll link um, all of those things in the show notes as well. So you can find her that way. Just swipe up. But Tia, thank you so much for sharing your, your branding expertise with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe, dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friend, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.